there's an anointing. There's a fire. There's a victory. And it's crying out loud this morning. See, there was a time during Esther's time that there was a great captivity. But a word came down from on high and it said, if you will pray and fast and believe, I will deliver you. In three days, I will deliver you. And you can go into a wicked king if you want. And nothing's going to happen to you because you have favor, you have power, you have anointing, you're covered by the blood. Millions of people are being held captive today by the powers of Satan, by the principalities and the powers of the air. But God is saying today, if you will fast, if you will pray, if you will believe, if you will get on your knees, if you will raise up your voice and shout unto me today and cry out and say, you are my God, you are my King, you are my Savior, you are my Lord, you are my El Shaddai, you are my Shalom, you are my Shama, you are my Lord, you're my victor. So I'll deliver you. It'll be fast. And the enemies will have to run and flee and scream and cry because my name rules. The name of Jesus is more powerful than any devil, any demon, any stronghold that you could ever know. Be not afraid, for I have a lot of people in this city. Be not afraid, for I have people around you. Be not afraid, for there is a host of heaven that surrounds you. Be not afraid, because angels fight more for you. There is a sword going out today, and it's dividing today. It's dividing the enemy from the good. It's dividing the lambs from the from the goats. It's dividing the enemy from, from the things of God today in your life. Just rise up and say, here I am, Lord. I want that. In the book of Esther, it said, if you hold your peace, help for Jerusalem and Israel is going to come from somewhere else. If you hold your peace today, help for Woodward and some and the U.S. and other countries is going to come from somewhere else. Don't hold your peace. I don't want the rocks to cry out for me. I don't want some rock to speak to God for me. I'm going to cry out to God today for myself. I'm going to praise Him today myself. He is my Lord. He is my King. He is my Deliverer. He is my rock. No rock is going to cry out to heaven for me. He is my rock. Hallelujah. And I stand on a solid rock today. I stand delivered. I stand healed. I stand blessed. I stand overflowing. I'm blessed when I come in, Pastor. I'm blessed when I go out. My basket runs over. My seed is blessed. They can cuss me and raise Cain with me and hate me all they want. But they're blessed and they don't even know it yet, Pastor. God has got their names. He knows where they are. He knows where you are. He's got your name. He knows what you're going through. Don't think for a second that he can't pull you out of there. Amen. Sometimes we think it's too big for us, don't we, brother? It's never too big. In fact, the bigger it is, the more fun it is for God. Because he says, look what I've done for you. Because to whom much is forgiven, much is praised. To whom is forgiven a lot, that person's going to praise him a lot. And I praise him a lot today because I've been forgiven for a lot. It was a lot. It was a bunch. It was a basket full, but it's gone and covered with the blood today. In Jesus' name, amen. Be victorious today. Be not silent. Don't let somebody else praise God for you. Don't let somebody else reach your neighbor for you. Your neighbor is waiting on you. God has said, I have given you people. I have given you people in this land. Go get them. Go get them in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah.
are falling off. Addictions are being broken. You know, what the Lord is doing right now is he's walking up and down the aisles right where you are, and he's passing out angel food. Do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, the angels came and ministered to Jesus? So what, what, what I see is there are angels. This whole room is totally flooded with angels. They are helping the Lord to minister to you with food that will strengthen you like nothing you've ever had before. Because the angel food is a strengthening thing that goes into your very being, not just your physical body. This angel food goes into your spirit and soul. It is a strengthening it was his strengthening for Gethsemane. For those of you, the Lord says today, for those of you that are in your Gethsemane, here is my angel food. Don't just let it sit in, on the plate before you. Pick it up and eat it. And see what happens inside of you. Well, there has been, even in this month, there has been much opposition of the enemy against you. Why? Not because you're wrong, but because you're right. So it's not a time to lay down. It's a time to fight. And as you partake of the food I give, You'll find out now that you can live far above the attacks of man, of Satan and all his clan. You're going to find that this angel food has power beyond what you ever knew. You're going to eat it and think, oh my, what has happened? It came from on high for this food will change the way you love the way you live the way you act the way you think because its power goes way 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 deep so today whatever it is you're facing I'm right there with you feeding you. I have it in my hand. I feed you personally. If you'll just open your mouth, I'll fill it with my angel food. And things that have been so rough will just get small in front of you. For my angel food is from me to you.
want to have the first through fourth graders just to come on up just a moment. If you're first through fourth grade, just come on up right here with me because what I saw in the spirit was an angel food cake coming down. Come on up real quickly. First through fourth graders, all first through fourth graders. Come on up. First through fourth graders, come on up. Christy, you're going to take them out afterwards, right? Come on, quickly. Here's what I want you guys to do. What's going on this morning? This is a piece of cake. So just take a piece and put it in your mouth. It's angel food. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want some? That's good. Anybody else? Is this all the first through fourth graders we got? Anybody else? Here, have another piece. Have another piece. Want a piece? Okay, you guys go with Miss Christy. How about you, the, the kindergartens through infants? You guys come on up. Come on, Josiah, come get some cake. Just take that angel food cake and just put it in your mouth. And, and eat that. There you go. Take some angel food cake there and put it in your mouth. There you go. You have a piece. You can have a piece. There's plenty. See, it's just like when you take a piece, he puts in back another piece. Just take that and put it in your mouth. <laughs> that a girl. That a girl. Callan, you want a piece of cake? Okay, buddy, there you go. Put that in your mouth. He's like, where'd that cake go? Where'd that cake go? You guys are going with Miss Rachel right over there. You guys are headed with Miss Rachel right over there. You guys, you guys are headed with Miss Rachel right over there. Now, now, why don't, I, why don't we take a piece? You want to? Let's just take a piece and we're, and we're just like eating angel food. And you're like, you know, that's not real. You know, the spiritual realm is right there. And a lot of times we look so much in the natural realm that we realize that there are angels. The angels are supposed to be ministering the Word of God. Well, where is that angel food? I don't know, but all I know is when Jesus fasted for 40 days, He didn't have anything in the natural to eat. He didn't have any water. He didn't have anything to eat. But something sustained Him. There was something from heaven that there was be brought forth. There is manna from heaven. I closed my eyes, and I began to see manna from heaven on the Israelites. It came every day. It came every day. In fact, there was one day where it came. There was enough for two days because they weren't allowed to, to, to gather it on the Sabbath so they would have it beforehand. And how many of you know... It, did, it wasn't something they could hold on to later. That manna from heaven was something for today, for right now. So why don't we just prophetically just begin to eat that angel food cake. Eat that angel food cake. I want to share with you this because this is cool. So I'm the, I'm the youngest of five, and I have a sister and a brother that have a birthday just the days before mine. So my brother's is September 22nd, my sister's is September 23rd, and mine is September 24th. And my favorite cake is angel food cake and my mama used to make she would come on somebody my mama would make angel food cake she'd make every bunt cake for, i think for my brother or whatever something else for my sister and when it came to me i wanted angel food cake how many of you know that by the time you got the third day and that cake you're looking at cake and you're like i don't want no more cake but i waited the first two days because i knew that angel food cake was coming hello so when everybody else in our family was like, nah, I'm full of cake, I don't want any cake, I was like, yeah, I'll take that angel food cake, amen? So turn to your neighbor and say, God's got more than enough. Come on, tell somebody he's got more than enough. He has got more than enough provision for you today. Can we give him a great big hand clap of praise this morning? He is worthy. Hallelujah, he is worthy. 
We want to welcome you to Living Word Fellowship. Listen, we're going to take a few minutes. Get out of your seats. Meet and greet somebody. If you're visiting today, we welcome you to Living Word Fellowship. Just, just meet and greet somebody here with this morning in about five minutes. All right.
the time. God is good. Well, pat your neighbor next to you on the shoulder and say, I'm really glad you're here today. Pat your other neighbor and say, I'm really glad you're here too. Actually, it's not just a neighbor, but your brother and sister in Christ. Amen. Well, I've just got a few announcements to go over right quick. Um, those of you that have that have youth, children, 18 and under, that camp camp deposits are due today, and your applications. So uh, get with get with us. Uh, I'm see Jessica and Jason are gone this weekend. They're celebrating their anniversary. So happy anniversary to Jason and Jessica. That's right. They may be. Pastor said they may be listening online, and then they may not be. Um, so we've got camp deposits, $50 due today. So please get that in, and um, we'll get an application in your hand because we need the application along with the $50 deposit. We've got Acquire the Fire. This is filled with all kinds of information. If you didn't get a bulletin and you need one, raise your hand. We'll get one in your hands. Um, Acquire the Fire, $20 deposit due today. The rest of it due March the 3rd. Winter Jam tickets. This is mainly all all youth and, and children's stuff here. Winter Jam tickets are due uh, February 17th, $40. And then we have our Legacy Weekend honoring the Weston family. Saturday, February the 23rd, we're going to have a wonderful catered banquet for the Weston family and honoring them. We'll have some guest speakers. Um, so we have we handed those out one sunday with your bulletin but if you still need a registration form um, we have them they're back there at that table where the the youth center picture is right back over there um, or if you raise your hand we'll have a usher get it to you but we are excited about that weekend we feel like it's heaven aligning with earth and we feel like it's going to this is those of you that don't know the weston family they were pastors here they started living word fellowship they were pastors here 13 years before they said you're the one pastor eric and they said you guys are are we feel god is saying that you're to lead this church and pastor this church and 
and they released Living Word Fellowship to us. Um, be 15 years ago in this June. This June, well, July, July 12th was the actual day that they ordained us 15 years ago this summer. So, wow. It's amazing how fast 15 years has gone by. So that Sunday will be a special time. Pastor Eric will, our next month that we're going to be talking about will be honor. And so this is going to fit right in with our honor focus. And he'll be teaching about the value of honoring and honoring those that have gone before you and honoring people in your life. And, and then we have some special presentations for the Weston family. So it's going to be a wonderful, blessed weekend. And we want you all to be a part of it. So if you know people outside of here that were, were a part with, with Pastors Tony and Tanya Weston, then let them know about it. And we want to extend the invitation out to anyone. So that wants to say, hey, I, they touched my life. Amen? Okay, so then we have, what do we have today? A Super Bowl party. At 5 o'clock tonight, we have uh, the Super Bowl party. Bring uh, food and drinks to share. And if you want to bring your own uh, lawn chair, you know, and kick back and watch the game and uh, we'll have some games set out for those of you that aren't football watchers, but you want to come and have some fellowship, like me. I say, who's playing? Oh, yeah, here we go. It's on the piece of paper. The Ravens and the 49ers, whoever that is. They play football. That's what I know. I think they're professional football teams, not college. I have learned that. So I am gaining ground on knowledge. Not a lot, but a little. But at the bottom of the, this little handout, it says, everyone, it says, parents are responsible for supervising their children. Everyone say, smile, and say, yep, I understand that. And then you know, as we are finishing up and everything, it would be a wonderful idea that I'd like to plant in your mind to help us clean up because many hands make light work and, and adults and children can make messes. So everyone smile. So it'd be great to have helpers to clean up the areas that um, the children are in and we are in and because... Many hands make light work. So we're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy fellowship. And then we're all going to help clean up. Doesn't that sound like a great deal? Everyone said, amen. Or what a deal. There you go. That, I, I have two there. Um, also, if you'll, not for sure if it's on the handout or not, but we have, we've started, and is uh, Linda here? I know she is. I saw her. When you want to come up and share just a, just a minute on the coffee shop and the transition that we've kind of made there. Uh, I think we talked about this briefly a week or so ago, but for those of you who weren't here, we have uh, discontinued the Monday night healing rooms. But we have rolled it into a 16-hour-a-week ministry in the coffee shop. And it's doing really well. We've got 
we have been able to minister to a lot of people that come in. It's just a steady stream of people in this church all day long. And one of the things we've been able to do, like Pastor Eric said, is offer them more than they expected. They come in sometimes just for a little benevolency, and we're able to say, would you like to have a bottle of water or a cup of coffee? Can I pray for you? And we have prayed for people, and it's just been a wonderful time. I think the ones that have been the most blessed are the workers. And we still have positions available, and what we would really like to have is a list of people that might be able to be called on because, you know, we're all so busy that things come up and we can't, oh, I was supposed to be there Thursday morning, I can't make it, who's somebody I could call? And maybe a list of people that might be available to come in. So um, if you're interested in that, if it's pure ministry. It's all it is, 100% pure ministry. So if you're interested in any kind of ministry, that's a good place to get connected. <laughs> I forgot when it was. February 10th, after church, we're going to have an organizational meeting. So everyone who's interested or already involved, please be at that meeting. Also, um, the staff here is going to give us a little tutorial in how to fill out the benevolency form and what to do. And we'll probably just have a little, little brief ministry training. It'll just be after church, probably take half an hour. Um, but we'll kind of all get together so that it will be February 10th, immediately after church. Okay, praise God. Well, I want you to look in your bulletins, too. That we have many prayer requests there, so um, please please lift up the body in, in prayer and continue to pray for our body. Amen. And we're thankful, and Sarah's probably back there, that Reagan was okay. Reagan pummeled Sarah's sister in the car accident, but just continue to pray for her and pray for Pray for her healing, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Um, okay, are you ready to give to the Lord? Well, women's Bible study. Marie is healthy and well. So, women's Bible study back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Woohoo! Twyla says, "Yeah." I've been waiting for a couple of weeks to say something about this, and now that we're full on into tax season, and Pastor Shelley's about to call us to uh, the the time of giving, um, we've been hearing a lot last few months uh, from Washington about they're going to take away the tax exemption for charitable contributions, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that. Our first response to that should be, number one, to pray for those people. So that the revelation of God would open their eyes and their hearts to know that it has nothing to do with me writing off my charitable contributions on my tax form. It has to do with love covenant between me and my father. I give him of my tithe and my offerings and my missions because I love him and he asked me to. He called me to it and it gives him the opportunity to bless me back. So if they take it away. Our, our first response, just to pray for those folks so that they will understand it's got nothing to do with Washington. It's got nothing to do with your tax form. It's got nothing to do with that. It's a loving covenant between a father and a son. And on another part of response we're going to have, if they try to take that back, take that away from us, 
instead of writing one check, you know what? I'm going to write three. I'm going to write four. I'm going to write five. I'm going to tithe twice. I'm going to give missions twice. I'm going to give bountiful twice because this is between me and my father. They've got nothing to do with it. But what I would love for them to understand is God's revelation to get down to their hearts and then understand what it's about. It's, it's a love rela relationship. So, so if you guys would stand, please. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you. We give you abundant thanks, just rejoicing, hilarious thanks for this opportunity to come and to give unto your unto your work here, Lord God, the, this, the work in this house where we, 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 we feed the hungry, we, we clothe those who are without clothes, we, we go on missionary trips around the world from this place right here, from this basket right here, as you take and you go around the world, and you've given us the great honor of being part of that. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. And we do lift up everyone, Lord God, who, are, who, who don't get it. Open their hearts, open their minds, so that your revelation would come forth that this is a love relationship, a love covenant between you and us. In Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord some praise this morning. He is worthy. He is worthy. I'm, I'm excited today that, you know, the Super Bowl's today. Um, but can I tell you last night about something that's really dear to my heart? There's a guy by the name of Adrian Peterson. And he won an award last night. And he gave God the glory. And I, I, I watch for that. Can I give the Lord? We want to give him praise. Amen. I mean, it's, ref it's refreshing. And I'm not saying it's not about being perfect. Because there was only one perfect one, and his name was Jesus. But Shelly will tell you, she's like, okay, the game is over. Why are you still watching? And I'm like, I want to see who's giving God glory. I like Tim Tebow. A lot of people don't like him because he's outspoken. Well, it's amazing how we like other people that are outspoken in other areas, but he's outspoken for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? 
So when I watch the Super Bowl today, I'm going to be watching to see who's going to give God some glory. Amen? So I want you, I want to invite you guys. You know, we just decided that, well, first of all, I wanted to do it at my house. And, and there are some times where we've wanted to do things at our house, and Shelly was like, Eric, we can't put 100 people in the house. I'm thinking, yeah, we can. <laughs> so we decided to do it in the fellowship hall. So we have got a screen about this size that we're going to show the game on. Amen? So we want to invite you. And if you're visiting today and you don't have any plans this afternoon, we would love to have you come and be part of that. We're going to come, bring some snacks. We're going to chill out, eat something, and, and just enjoy the football game. One of the one of the things about the football game that I enjoy is not always the football game, but the commercials. I mean, the commercials, there's, they're even advertising commercials about the commercials. You know, so sometimes they got some really neat commercials, and then sometimes they got some not-so-neat commercials. But we want to focus on those that are, that are really neat. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, I guess we're family. You know, I guess we're family. Well, you know, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and then we're family. Can I get an amen? We're, we're, we're family. And we've been talking and focusing about family. Say family with me. Family. Say it again. Family. One more time. Family. Family can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Last week we talked about the family of God. That when we make a decision to follow after Christ, when we begin to walk in that, that we become part of the family of God. Not only do I get to go to heaven, that's a, that's a great bonus, but I want to be able to live like a family member here on earth. So we're going to talk a little bit today about some relational government. You know, we can look at government, and government can be all about rules. Government can be all about authority and establishing certain things. God wants us to realize that as a family that we have governmental rights. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, and I want to look at something. And as you're turning there, I want you to know that you are part of something. You're part of something. And you're part of something bigger than you could ever imagine that you're part of. So I become a, a f part of the family of God. It's, it's bigger than just Living Word Fellowship. It's bigger than, than the community churches in this city. It's bigger than the state. It's bigger than this nation. You are part of something that is bigger than the universe. You are part of something that's bigger than the cosmos, that's maybe bigger than the individual sphere in which we're involved in. You are part of something big, 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 big. I mean, I'm, I thought about getting this great big huge sign and put the word big on it, you know. And you could come in and go, big. Yeah, you're part of something big. You're, you're even bigger than that. Sean, you don't have to worry about making a sign for me right now. <laughs> yeah. Sean... Sean has done a tremendous job doing the family banners out front and the one here and that. Let's give him some praise for that because I, I thank you for that. Because, trust me, if I was doing it, <laughs> it wouldn't be so nice. And, and I appreciate that. I appreciate God's gifts and talents within you and you to be able to do that. So we're going to talk a little bit about family today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Everybody there say, I'm there. If you're not, I guess you can... Uh, 
can look at the screen. I think I've got that scripture up there for Bobby. He says, your kingdom come. This is Jesus talking. He says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, so many of us are just trying to get to go to heaven. And he said, I want heaven to invade earth. I want heaven to be brought down to earth. So when you look at that, I think about heaven. Do you think there's family in heaven? Do you think there's division in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? Disease? Bitterness? Hatred? What? But yet we can see sometimes naturally in families we have bitterness, we have envy, we have jealousy. Is there any envy in heaven? How about jealousy? So he says, God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let earth reflect what heaven looks like. Now, I don't know about your ideas of family, but my ideas of family is family is relational. We have to have conversations. We have to communicate. It would be really difficult for us and our family, honey, if we never talked about things. If we never dreamed together, if we never cried together, the Bible says to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. It's real easy sometimes to be able to, re to, to weep when somebody's having some difficulty, but how hard is it to rejoice when they get a promotion? How hard is it when they get their house paid off and you go, Jesus, why can't I get my house paid off? Are you with me? So when we begin to look at that, we have to understand that family is relational. And I, I want to talk about the biblical family. I want to talk about heaven's government because it's, it's relational. Heaven's government is, is really about family. So we could begin to look at the Scriptures. We can look at the Word. And the marriage supper of the Lamb is really about family. It's really about relationship. So that's what we're going to talk about today is family. Say family. So if we're going to look at heaven's government is family, then let's go to the very beginning. If we take a moment and just think about, do you know that before the earth was created, there was family? Did you know that before Adam and Eve were created, there was family? There was Father God, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit beforehand, before Adam and Eve, before the earth was created, because God looked at there and He saw the darkness and there He wasn't by Himself. God in three persons, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, the Son, were involved in creation. Can I get an amen? Do you all believe that? It's in the Word of God. We can, we can go back and read it, but we're not going to. So, together from the very beginning, you have to realize that God was about family. Is family important to God? Is family important to God? Are you important to God? Every family on earth matters to God. Hello. Even if they're not living for Him, God loves them. So it's about family. So here is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit bound together 
at the very beginning. Their identity. The Father wasn't jealous of the Son, and the Son wasn't jealous of the Holy Spirit. Each one of them knew and understood their identity. Each one of them knew and understood and were secure in their identity and who they were. The Father wasn't worried about Jesus taking over. Jesus wasn't worried about the Holy Spirit taking over. Come on, somebody. It wasn't going to be an overthrow there. So they began to look at that, and they began to understand that there was a certainty of purpose. There was a desire in the Father's heart, and he saw the darkness, and he, and he, and he brought in light, and he began to create things. And Jesus was there, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth when, when God began to speak things into existence. And when I look at it, I think, man, this is a great picture of a family. And some of you are probably going, never thought of it that way. But what happens is we, we have to understand that this was the most perfect picture. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And let's just look at verse 26. I love Genesis 1, 26. And sometimes we focus on the, the part of the, the rule and dominion and authority and all of that that God's given us. But the first part of that verse says this, God the Father, He says, let us make man in our image and in what? Our likeness. Read it with me again. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Look at what we're focusing on, us and our. The Father wasn't there by Himself. The Son and the Holy Spirit were involved in that. They were, so, so could I say, could I say, or could you say, that as the Father began to create, family was in His DNA? So when He created Adam and realized that Adam shouldn't be alone, then He created Eve out of Adam. I love my wife, and I'm so thankful that God created Eve. She's my Eve. Amen? So I'm thankful that God created Eve. So he said, look, we have this relationship. Let's create mankind out of the relationship we have. So he began to create Adam and Eve and the, the children and and then all of a sudden, things were set in motion. The fact is, some of us have reduced God the Father down to a man, an old man with a beard. Sitting up there running the universe. We've got this image and we've created him to be that way. Now, I don't know what the Father God really looks like. But I know He's created us and something in us to live and to operate in His likeness, to be conformed to the image of God, to be like Jesus, to be like the Father, to allow the Holy Spirit to live and operate in our lives. He's created us to have relationships. He didn't create us and put us by ourselves. And in Proverbs 18.1, it says about a man isolates himself. 
and he won't seek wise counsel. So the enemy will want to isolate you. Listen to me. He'll want to isolate you and keep you away from others that will encourage you and encourage you to grow in the things of God and love you even unconditionally and love you through your mess. Somebody knows that they got to have somebody love them through their mess. It's about family. So I look at the relational image of God the Father, and I begin to look and and think about God the Son. And I began to think about God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God. And I'm talking about the Trinity. I'm talking about the triune God. I'm talking about there is no higher authority anywhere than them. Nobody bigger. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got a big God. <laughs> I got a big God. I got a big God. He's bigger than your situation. He's bigger than your circumstance. He's bigger than the things, and he's actually bigger than you think he is. So if you've got that view that, you know, that, that God is just a, a white-haired man sitting up there just kind of running things, I want to expand your view of him. So we've, we've got a table back there, and there's some reading material back there, the books that we wanted to have you get involved in to, to read, to be able to really have you grow a little bit more. And there was some messages back there, and you could you can go on and you can get those. And one of them was by Paul Manwaring. And he did this message on heaven's relational government. And I want to share with you a, a part of his, of his message that he said that he believes that the purpose for government is the creation of society. And he goes on what he says. He says, the creation of society in which men and women are able to live together, and in that relationship together, they develop a vision for society, and they create a path for that vision to be fulfilled. What he's saying is that together, society should reflect heaven on earth. And if we come together and we have the same vision, the same path, the same ideas, we are not going to agree on everything in here. Hello? But the Bible itself, you can read it and look at it, and I truly believe that when you look at the Word of God, and when Jesus comes in the New Testament, it's about Daddy getting his family back. Because in the beginning, in Genesis... He lost that relationship with his son. And through Jesus, his son, his family, we got that relationship back. So would you agree with me that it's about, well, we just can't be boiling the word of God. It's about him getting his sons and daughters back. It's about making a way where there seems to be no way. So heaven's vision Bobby, if you want to put up this next one. Heaven's vision is to create family. What's the vision of heaven? Just to sit around on a cloud and float around and worship the Lord? Or is it to create a family? Go ahead, next one. Heaven's government is family. Say that with me. Heaven's government is family. See, in the Garden of Eden, we lost or broke relationship with our Father. Father. 
And God's relationship was broken with his created kids. It was broken. How do you think the father must have felt when he, he used to go every day or, or I don't know if it was more times a day and he'd just hang out with Adam. And then he comes and he goes and he's looking and he's like, Adam, where are you? Like he doesn't know. <laughs> God ever asked you a question and you're like, like you don't know? <laughs> he's like, you know, Adam, where are you? The relationship was severed. The relationship was broken. And the whole time I, I think about the relational government of heaven, and I'm thinking, heaven's one big family. I know this might kind of distort or challenge some of your theological ideas. There's some people that say, well, you know, the Baptists are going to be in this compartment and the you know, the Methodists are going to be in that compartment, and the Catholics, they might be in that compartment, and, and there might be somebody else here, and there's jokes. You know, when you're in the ministry, people joke about stuff like that. I don't even like the joke, to be honest with you, because it's not going to be that way. In fact, there's probably going to be people there that you didn't even realize were going to be there. Uncle Bob, he was an old cuss. How'd he get in? Maybe Bob knew Jesus. Obviously, he believed in Jesus. So, Uncle Bob may be there. And there may be some people that you think are going to be there that aren't there. Hello? Because it's not about what we do or what we don't do. It's about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. It's about believing in him. But as a family, as becoming part of the family of God, I want to do things that please my daddy. Can I get an amen? Come on, are you awake in this place? Can I, can I get an amen up in here in this place today? Amen. That's all right. You mean wake your neighbor up, say, you got to get this. Come on, elbow him, say, you got to get this. Because it's about family. There is nothing more powerful. There is nothing more perfect. There is nothing more relational. There is nothing more honoring. There is nothing more loving. There is nothing more complete than heaven. You agree? Say, I agree. If you don't, we'll challenge you later on it. Amen? Because things are perfect. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no bitterness. There's no jealousy. There's no anger. All these things are in heaven. It's like, no wonder we're like, get me in there, baby. Well, Jesus is like, why don't you stay here? And why don't you take... That and bring it to here. Oh, come on, somebody. You can begin to bring peace in a situation here because I need peace here. When I get there, I'm not going to need peace. Come on, somebody. I'm going to already have it. I guess what I'm saying is he intended us to live like we're in heaven here on earth. Our values should be the same here on earth as they are in heaven. He intended us to live not in bondage. Is there bondage in heaven? 
He intended us to live free. Is there freedom in heaven? <laughs> Absolutely, baby. I'm thinking, man, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it being there, but I don't want to go there before my time. Come on. I, I want to be able to bring that here. Wouldn't it be better instead of just having a piece of angel food cake to have the whole cake? Wouldn't it be better to just have a slice of heaven here on earth to let's, let's bring it in? Let's bring heaven into our situation and into our circumstance and into our jobs and into our homes and into our family. And you don't think things are going to change in society. I'm here to tell you that when heaven invades earth, something is going to happen and things are going to change. Hallelujah. Woo! Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Luke 15. I'm going to go to Luke 15. I'm going to read some of that. I know Bobby's like, I don't have that up there. Just hang with me. We're going to put up Luke 15, but I'm just going to read through this. It's about the prodigal son. And I think when you look at it, you can begin to start seeing some things in there. And there's some things I want us to look at. So can we just take a minute? We're just going to read through it. If you got your iPhone or iPad, go ahead and get it. I don't have any problem with uh, technology. When you open your phone up, just don't get caught on Facebook or texting or everything else like that. But, but just go in and uh, uh, download your Bible, get it on there. But we're going to talk about the prodigal son, so I'm just going to kind of read through that. So I'm going to ask you just to stay with me. If you don't have the Word of God with you and you can look on with somebody else, go ahead and do that because we're not going to put it up on the screen right now. Verse 11, it's Luke 15. I'm going to read verses 11 through 32, I think it is. And he said, a man had two sons, say two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the inheritance that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not so many days, the younger son had gathered everything together, and he went on a journey into a distant country, and he squandered his estate with his loose living. And then when he had spent everything on a severe, excuse me, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in the country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods of the swine that were eating, and no, was, no one was giving anything to him. Verse 17, and when he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? I'm dying here with my hunger. I'm going to get up and go to my father's, and I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up, and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And he felt compassion for him, and he ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now, a lot of us Westerners can read that and say, it's no big deal. But in that day, in that culture, it was out of the norm to have a matriarch, a father, run, period. Because he'd have to hike up his skirt. And he'd have to run 
And the culture did not value that when that happened. Can I get an amen? So some of you may not know that, and it's good. So, you know, if you didn't know, say, I didn't know. I didn't know. So we're learning that, that. And in that culture, so he did something that was contradictory to the culture of the time. The father saw the son, and he said, that's him. I've been waiting on him to come home. So let me go back. Let me go back. He got up to the father. 21, thank you. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put the ring on his hand and his sandals on his feet. And there are, there are reasons for that. If you ever study out the, what it meant to, to bring the robe, it was a time of festival. It was a time of honor. To put the ring, the ring is a covenant. When you get married in the United States, it's really biblical to have the ring on your finger because it's a covenant. It just reminds me, when I see this, it reminds me of our covenant. Hello? It also reminds me of the covenant. The ring is a continuous circle without broken, without no end. That it also reminds me of the covenant that I have with my father, that he loves me as a continual love without any end, a love that is not broken. It's a covenant that I have with my father. I wish I could go on and teach about the sandals on his feet because captives had no shoes. And the symbolic gesture is, here's the sandals I'm putting on your feet. Oh, come on, somebody. You are no longer captive. And he says, bring me the fatted calf and kill it and let's eat. Party! Let's kill the fatty calf and let's have some party. Amen? It's like, you know, see, the thing of it is, we're thinking, well, partying is just for, just for people that aren't in church. No, no, I'm telling you, there's a party going on in heaven. And if heaven is supposed to come to earth, then come on, there's, there needs to be some partying going on here in, in, in the earth. Can I get an amen? I'm not talking about getting so drunk you can't stand up. I'm not talking about that kind of party. I'm talking about just having the love and the joy and the hope of God inside you that you can say, hey, in the midst of what's going on, I'm going to throw a party. He said when things are difficult, the Bible talks about to overcome the spirit of heaviness, to put on the garment of, woo, party. <laughs> Is that what it says? It says praise. But that's exactly what he's talking about, to just you know, you just praise through it. So I don't know what you're up against today. And I don't know what you're going to be up against this week. But this next week, this Sunday, we want to come in and we're going to praise through some things. Amen? So look at here what he says. He says for this, verse 23, he says, For this son of mine was dead and he has come to life again, lost and he's been found. And they began to celebrate. Say celebrate. Now his older son, is this you? Are you the older son? The older son in the field, when he came and approached the house, he heard the music and he heard the dancing and he summoned one of the servants and he began inquiring. He's like, what's going on? And he said to him, he said, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf and because he's received him back safe and sound. And the son became angry and he was not willing to go in. And his father came out and begged and pleaded with him. 
And he answered him and he said, Father, he said, look, for so many years I've been serving you and I've never neglected a command of yours and, and yet you've given me a young goat, never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came who had devoured your wealth with prostitutes and killed the fatted calf, you, 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 you killed the fatted calf for him. In verse 31, and he said to him, son, this is the father talking to the son, the other son. Because he had two sons. Abraham had many sons, but there were two that are highlighted in the word of God. Isaac and Ishmael. And Isaac was the chosen one. Hello? Doesn't mean that Abraham didn't love the other one. And this father here still loved his son. And he said to him, he said, son, you've always been with me. And all I got is yours. All that I have is yours. You got it all. He went and spent all his inheritance, and now you've got it all. The jealousy was there. Hello? Verse 32. He said, but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours who was dead has begun to live. My version says, has begun to live. He was lost, and now he's found. So you can look at it, and, and I guess one of the questions that I'm asking you, if you were to read through this, would you, would you look at this story and say, am I pre-inheritance? Am I the, the figure in the story that's pre-inheritance that I'm not asking for more, and I'm complacent or passive like he was? Well, what about another position in the story if we were to look at it? Was I one that revelation came through? He all of a sudden was at the pig pen, and he, he realized that he was in, he was like, what am I doing here? Revelation is what bypasses the mind and begins to enter the heart and begins to create movement. He would not have had revelation if he just stayed there and ate there. But his revelation was, wait a minute, what am I doing? I could at least be in my daddy's house serving him. Watch this now. Is that you? Are you the one that revelation begins to come through? And all of a sudden, because of hunger, you, you realize that you're less than what God's made you to be? And all of a sudden, you, it's a light bulb moment. Bing. We call it an aha moment. Aha. Uh -huh. I've been trying to put that nut on the screw the wrong way. I didn't know it was clockwise. Aha. Uh -huh. I finally figured it out. Are you the elder brother? We taught about orphan heart, the orphan spirit. You can see that in that elder brother, can't you? It's like, wait a minute, you just gave him, what are you doing? Come on, Dad, I've been working. I've been here the whole time, and now you're out here throwing a party. Don't be like Esau who sold everything he had just for a bowl of soup. Lentils. Sorry, some of you guys that like lentils. The older brother had a performance attitude. I've performed for you, Daddy. I've performed. How many of us can say, I've, I've kept the commandments? And our relationship. It's not relational with the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit. How about self-hatred or a critical spirit? Can you believe what he's done? 
I mean, he took your stuff, Dad, and he left. And he blew it all. Prostitutes, wild living, wild orgies and parties and all that other stuff going on. I can't believe you let him in the house. The son asked for forgiveness. He truly came, and we would call it repentance. Uh, he changed his mind, and he said, gosh, I'm not supposed to be here, and I can be here. Maybe you would be one that's running. Maybe you're running to avoid intimacy with God. Maybe he's after you and he's saying, I need you and I want to spend time with you. And I love you and I care for you. And maybe you're like, anywhere but there. Maybe you're running from church because God shows up. God can not only show up in here, he can show up at your workplace. We have been praying that you would have an encounter of his love and that he will wipe you and whack you or whatever it has to be. And all of a sudden, he's going to show up and you go, oh, I just can't stand this love. It's just amazing. I just I love it. I just, I'm crying. I'm weeping. I don't ever cry. I haven't cried for 40 years. 40 years I haven't cried because men don't cry. Really? Jesus wept. And he was a man of men. Maybe you're running. Maybe you're avoiding that intimacy with God. Or maybe you're like that son that's returning home. Dad, I, I want to be able to see there's going to be a time in heaven. I'm like, look, could I see the prodigal son? Could I, could I see what he saw? Because we see what the father saw. The father saw him. He was looking for him. He was saying, is today the day he's coming home? Is that could be? Is that him? Oh, no, that's not him. Oh, is that Oh, gosh, that's not him. Is that one? Oh, oh, he could. Oh, he, he was looking for him. But what did the son see? Did he think, here I am, another long journey. I've been in the city. I, I went to the farm, and he gave me the food, and, and I fed his pigs, and it started looking good. And I was like, what the world am I? What am I doing? I got to get out of here. I can go home. And, and did he travel a long way? And did he look up the road and he didn't see anything? And, and he looked up the road, he didn't see anything. And did he put his head down? And, and finally he was saying, I'm getting a little closer to home, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, did he look up? And there his dad is running towards him, running towards him. Against the culture, against the grain. He said, there's my son, there he is, there he is, that's my boy. He's running. What did his heart do when he looked up and he saw his dad running? All I know is that there's some times where I've done some things, and if I saw my dad running towards me against the culture, I'd have said, whoa, you're not catching me. <laughs> right? I, I was having an issue with my brother when we were fighting in the living room, and my mom would come out with this yardstick. It was real thick. She'd come out with a yardstick, and I'm telling you, when we saw her running towards us, we didn't say, yes, mama. In fact, it was just like, Phew. he was out the front door. I was out the side door. My mom comes in the living room, whooping us, and she goes, come back. Think about it. Are you that son? And are you looking at God and thinking he's going to beat you? Or are you one to say, here I am, Daddy. And you see him running against the culture. And did he see his father? And all of a sudden his heart leapt for joy. His heart grew big. It's all of a sudden his heart overflowed. And he saw his dad. And he said, oh, I missed you. I have missed this time together. I have messed up that. But I know you're going to forgive me. Come on, somebody. 
Or maybe you're a son and you're at home and you're at rest. You're at peace with where God's at. You're at peace with who He is in your life. You've got an understanding. I don't know about you, but I'm not there yet. Got an understanding of Him and His love for us. And then I think about, am I at rest? Am I receiving your favor? And there's times when He'll release His favor on my life, and I'm thinking, I don't deserve it. Me? I don't know. I don't deserve it, so I don't walk in it. Oh, come on, somebody. I didn't deserve forgiveness. I didn't deserve righteousness. So I have a hard time this side of the cross after I've given my life to Christ to be able to receive the favor of God, to be able to receive His blessing upon my life because I wonder if I'm really worthy. And then it comes back to about me and not Him. So now I try to shift my mindset, renew my mind that it's what you have done, Jesus, that's made me worthy. It's what you have done that when favor is released on my life or, or blessing or whatever it might be that I'm walking in, that I'm having trouble with my identity and who I am, that I can look back and say, it's really about you, Jesus. It's really not about me. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you here today that it's really all about you, but it's not all about you. It's really all about him. And when we see that it's about him, then we can walk in it about him. And when he gives favor in our life, we can't say, ooh. Look at me. We can say, thank you, Daddy. So the, the prodigal son came to the father, and he said, look, all I want to do, I'm sorry, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned against you. All I want to do is let me come into your house and be a servant. And the father said, eh, wrong answer. What did he say? He said, no, no. If I can paraphrase the Bible says a servant will not stay in the house forever, but the son will. The servants can be hired and fired. Oh, come on, somebody. The servants are based on how good a job they do. They're based on a performance issue. The servant is really more about the law than about God's grace. The servant is saying, look, if you do this right and do that right, do this right, do that right, you'll keep your job. But I'm here to tell you, he said, that's a servant, but you're not a servant. You're a son. You're entitled to this. This is the inheritance that I bring from heaven and I begin to bring and put into your life because you're my son. Hallelujah. See, that's what I'm talking about. We walk in favor. Say, I got favor. Come on, tell somebody around you, I got some favor. And that's not bragging. That's not boasting. And we're doing it here because we're what? Family, right? We're doing it here because we're what? Family. We're doing it here because we're what? Family. We're family. We're family. I got favor. I'm glad Bobby's getting favor. I'm glad that Jerry's getting favor. I'm glad that Richard's getting favor. I'm glad that Bryce is getting favor. I'm glad that Linda's getting favor. I am glad that we're getting favor because we are sons of the Most High God. We're children of Him. And that favor doesn't come just because I'm good that, or great or well-educated or I speak just right or do the right things. Those are all good things, and that's what sons want to do for their father. But that favor is released upon my life because of Jesus. Say it's about Jesus. So we see the father running to the son. 
Our relationships should be fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, daughters and daddies and daddies and daughters and mamas and boys and boys and mama. Come on, somebody. It should be that family thing that we see this. And in this, in this parable, it's about that family. Relationships should be a type and a shadow of the relationships in heaven. Our relationships to one another should type and shadow that relationship there. Our relationship to one another should have honor, should have respect, should have dignity. Come on, somebody. Should have value. Our relationship should, should be different than what the world sees because they say, you belong to him. Say honor. So when Jesus was saying, you know what, Father, we sang the song about glory today. And Jesus was saying in John 17 that he was remembering. If you go back and read, and this is an assignment for you this week, read John 17. St. John in some of your books, John 17. And he talks about the glory. Jesus is coming to the place where he's, he's going to go to the cross. And he's, and he's saying, oh, Father, the glory that you had, you gave to me. And the Father, the glory that I have, I give to them. And, and I want, I got the glory that you have. And I remember the times when we, we created the earth. And I remember when you parted the seas. And I remember when you, when you set the waters in. And I remember when the fish came. I remember when the light came. And Jesus is having a conversation with his dad. And he's saying, Dad, I remember. Oh, it was such a good time. Don't you remember? I mean, it's better than scoring touchdowns. Don't you remember this time we had together? I remember your glory. Your glory was all on me, Father. And they healed the sick and the lame walked and the blind saw. And there was deliverance and set the, the captives free. I remember that glory, Father, and the same glory that you gave me. You're giving to them, and they're going to walk in that glory. They're going to be your children. They're going to do like I did. Come on, somebody. They're going to be the ones to walk in that glory. And John 7, 17, he's really talking about that glory. He's talking about that glory. He's talking about that glory and he comes together and see it was like you know don't you remember our project when we created the universe why why do we have the glory why do we have the goodness of God in our life why do we have those things say to show the world he says show the world he said and he goes in and he says don't take them out of the world but leave them what why because the same relationships that we've had I want to have with them. I want you to have with them the same father-son relationship. Can I get an amen? We're talking about the family. We're talking about us and God and Jesus and us and Jesus and God and us and Jesus and us and us and the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God. You see what I mean? We're all intertwined because we're family. Say family. Come on, say it like you mean it. Family family. I've heard people, I've heard people say blood is thicker than water. And that may be true. But it's the blood of Jesus that makes us thick and true to him. It's that that can bring us together. It's that that can, can begin to have us live. Listen. Jesus was adopted. Jesus was adopted. It was an adoption process that took place. 
we think of adoption and we think of somebody that is abandoned or outcast, so we feel sorry for them. Let's adopt them. Let's bring us in our home. Yes? We think of adoption that way. I want you to know that Jesus was adopted because of love. It wasn't about being abandoned. It was because of love. Say love. Come on, say love. It's about love. It wasn't because the father felt sorry for him. There was adoption. See, you have to understand in, in these biblical days that we talk about in the word, when Jesus was identified, in those days, a child would come into the marketplace. After a certain age, after a certain training, he would come into the marketplace, and the father would come out and say, that's my boy. And listen, listen. When he said, that's my boy, then what he was saying is that everything that he does, I back. If he signs a note for wheat, I got his back. Oh, come on. Are you getting this today? When Jesus was baptized and he came out of the water, what did God do? Paraphrasing it for you. That's my boy. Everything that he does, I, I back it. I back it. He heals the sick. The lame man walk. He cleanses the leper. And the father is saying, I got your back, boy. I got your back. You're part of me. If we are in Christ, oh, come on, somebody. I'm just talking about a family here today. I'm just talking about a family, a family that says, I got your back. A family when God the Father identified the Son, He didn't say, this is my servant in whom I am really proud of. He didn't say, this is my servant in whom has done a really good job. Didn't you see the people He saved and healed and delivered? Well, guess what? He healed and delivered and saved people after His Father identified Him. Not before. Hello? Jesus had not done one miracle on the earth, and God identified him as my boy. He said, this is my, everybody, this is my, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my boy. So in the same way as we're family, then we got to say, wait a minute, we got one another's back. And then you come and in, into a relationship with Christ, and then all of a sudden God says, that's my boy. That's my boy. I got him. I'm taking care of him. And it's out of love. So when he looked at Jesus, it was out of love. He was identified by the Father. And the Father was saying, that's my boy. And in the same way, he's saying, that's my daughter. That is my girl. That is my girl for you ladies. That's my girl. She's mine. I'm backing her. When she messes up, I'm there. When she falls, I'm going to pull her back up. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times and what? Get back up. And so, so if you fall on the fifth time, oh, I did it again. The Father says, it's only five. What? It's only five. You've fallen. I said in my word that you got to fall seven times. And even when you fall seven times, you get back up. I can get back up. Well, I'm hearing this other voice that says I've messed up. 
I'm hearing this other voice that says, stay down. There's no way that you can live. There's no way that heaven can come to earth and salvation can come to me or my house. And then all of a sudden I hear the voice of my dad say, I got you. That's my boy in whom I'm well pleased. And I begin to say, I'm getting up. I'm out of here. I'm going to get up. I'm out of here. I, I am tired of feeding these pigs. And that corn looks good. And there's only three kernels on that cob. I'm going to get on out of here. And I'm going to have revelation. And I'm going to get on up. And I'm going to get on up. And I'm going to say, hey, he heaven is back in you. My father is back in me. He's stepping out. So step out. Step out. Come on, somebody. Step out. Maybe you're one. Maybe you're one that says, you know, I've seen the Father, and I think he's mad at me. He's not mad at you. He is not mad at you. He's not mad at you. And maybe you're one, and you're looking, and he's just saying, that's my son, that's my daughter. And all of a sudden, you see him, and instead of you looking and saying, wait a minute, he's not mad at me. He's running towards me, and he doesn't have a stick. He doesn't have a bat. Oh, my goodness, his arms are outstretched towards me. And he's saying, you're my son. And you may think of yourself less and say, no, I'll just be your servant. And he's saying, no, no, because of what Jesus has done, you're my son. Somebody would be a good place to shout hallelujah, how's your mama or something. Real quickly, and I'm... Closing for the seventh time. In 2 Corinthians, write it down, 5.20. Paul talks about us being ambassadors for Christ. You've seen the movies. I watched a movie recently. And they're driving, what? To get to the United States Embassy. If we could just get to the embassy. If we could just get to the embassy. We get to the embassy and there's protection. There's provision. Oh, come on, somebody. I could just get to the embassy. And some of us are thinking, if I could just get to heaven, I could just get to heaven, it'll be all right. And we're pulling down heaven. We're Some of us apostolically are going, I'm pulling heaven to earth. Come on, I'm pulling. If Jesus said to pray that way, I'm pulling heaven to earth. So now all of a sudden, I got a relationship with Jesus. I become an ambassador in Christ. Say, in Christ. Are y'all hearing this? So what do you mean? I mean that when I build a house at 2317 Christie Court, an ambassador of God lives right there. Hello? When I get in my car and I drive to Beaver, the ambassador is now in Beaver. See, we don't understand sonship because wherever you are, you are that ambassador. And whatever soil you're on, that ambassador has authority. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm an ambassador. So everywhere you go, heaven should be invading earth. Is heaven invading earth? Last scripture, 11. Isaiah, put up uh, Isaiah 11, 9. Thank you. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. He doesn't say that the earth will be full of the Lord. He says that the earth will be full of the... as the water covers the sea. I know your daddy. He's my daddy too. 
Brother, you can get up. You can move out where you're at. You can begin to come out where you're at. God says, I'm going to take you and I'm going to bring you and set you on a solid ground. And no matter, no matter what comes against you, you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to get back up. If you get knocked down, you'll be able to, I got you. I got you. Are you with me? So I'm pulling heaven to earth. And I'm understanding and learning. My, not my knowledge. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is good. Knowledge of the Lord. What do you read? Don't you read a lot of these different things? I don't read a whole lot other than the Bible and biblical material. There are some times I'll... Listen. When we come together and we're gathering here today, something's going on. Because we're pulling heaven to earth. It just seems to be more enhanced today because we've come in ready to pull heaven to earth. When you get involved in a situation, you can bring peace. Now, let me put it this way. When you get involved in a situation, you will bring peace. If your desire is to bring heaven to earth, then you want to bring peace into a situation. That's what heaven is, right? Is there peace in heaven? Oh, man. There's been times where we've had times of worship and the peace of God just fell out. And I remember after about an hour, I was just like, because the peace of God was there. We have a great opportunity to be sons to represent Him in the earth. Remember I said you were part of something what? Big. You're part of something what? Big. But pastor, you don't understand what I've done. Then I'd have to say, you don't understand the blood of Jesus. Because his blood can cover your sin, iniquity, transgression. And it still keep you in right relationship to be the son. So as sons, we've got a great opportunity. Opportunity for what? What's my opportunity? I like opportunity. You get the opportunity to love one another. You get the opportunity last week, we forgave some folk. I don't know about if you, but I forgave some folk, and I've been walking free since. Hallelujah. We give the opportunity to honor each other. Each other. Let's not be selective in who we honor. You're going to give me a piece of gum, I'll honor you. No, never mind, I don't want it. I'm going to honor you. Hello? I like you, but I don't like you. I just like you when you give me a piece of gum. So other than you don't give me a piece of gum, then I don't like you. I don't like you no more. Is that family? Is that how it is in heaven? Are you, you guys are getting it, man. I can see the light bulb aha moment coming on. We value each other. Let's not be selective in who we value. I value you. I value Brother Dwayne. He likes to sleep right there. He has some issues with that, but God's going to work through that. Are you with me? I still value and honor Dwayne. I still love Dwayne. I, I still want to give him a hug when I see you, Dwayne. Don't I treat you good? Don't I want to value and honor you? I'm excited about Dwayne. I love Dwayne. He's an amazing God and I, a guy, and I look at him, and I say, Dwayne, you're the man. And I honor and value each other. And as the body of Christ, we should be doing that. I know it's not happening, but it doesn't mean that we can't 
reflect heaven and it happen here. Come on. And others around us said it can't happen. It's going to happen. Because as the culture of heaven invades earth, you got to realize you're part of something big. Say, I am part of something big. Bigger than me. Bigger than pastor. Bigger than prophet. Bigger than evangelist. Big. Now turn to somebody and say, real big. Real big. I'm part of something real big. I'm part of something really, really big. Will you stand? Will you stand up just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to put your hand on your heart just a moment. This is just a holy moment. Just a holy, holy moment. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today. And you've had some father wounds. Maybe your father has wounded you. I'm praying for healing. Maybe you had a biological father that hurt you or, or maybe wasn't there or maybe didn't pay attention or maybe abandoned you or whatever it might be. God, heal those hurts today. Heal those hurts today. Maybe you need, you need the father's embrace. The prodigal son came to the father and I just, I just know there was an embrace. Embrace your people. Embrace your sons and daughters here, God. Daddy, embrace them. Pull them close. They've been, they've been gone. Now they're back. They've been involved in stuff that, that you just say, just wipe it off the map and pull them close today. There's uncertain times and, and they're unsure about some things. Just pull them close today and love on them today. To just pull them close today. I release that Father's embrace in your life today. That when difficult times, when pain is ahead, that you'll remember the Father's embrace. I just speak love. Mm. 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 I speak rest. And I speak your lives today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. How about a big hand clap for the Lord? Can we do that before we go home tonight, today? Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't understand or know this relationship that we have with our Father, we want to introduce you to Him. It's through the blood of Christ that we move and breathe and have our being. If you're here today and want to be part of the family of God in Living Word Fellowship, we want to have you. We love you. If you're here today and maybe you just need prayer, I'm going to ask a few prayers from the prayer team to come forward. If you just need prayer for something, maybe you're that older brother and you just need somebody to agree with you in prayer that, you know what, my eyes have been on something else that's happened in the past and God wants to release some goodness in your life today. We're going to invite you to come. We bless you in the name of Jesus. May you go forth in his power and his might, you sons and daughters of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You guys are dismissed today. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Hey, 5 o'clock today? Come on, join us for a Super Bowl. Let's have us some fun. Sons and daughters gathering in the house. God bless you.